Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Well, good morning, Mount Calvary Nation and friends. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. We get to rejoice. We choose to rejoice and be glad in it. What a wonderful Savior we serve. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are grateful just to be together again, even if only virtually. We're grateful that God has given us this opportunity to be together through the the miracle, really, of modern technology. We're grateful that he has brought us through another week and has allowed us to see the start of a new one. Let's go to him in prayer as we open up this worship service today. Father, we thank you for this day. We are grateful today because you have seen fit to give us life and health and strength. You have kept us, you've protected us, you've provided for us, you have made ways out of no ways where we've messed up and where we missed it. You have forgiven us and cleansed us. We're grateful to be a part of your family, grateful to know you through Jesus Christ. We're grateful to be saved and sanctified and filled with the precious Holy Ghost. Father, as we worship you today, Help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. May what you want come out of this time together today in the name of Jesus. Speak to us today, Father. Heal us today, Lord. Save and set free today in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that every plan of the enemy is already defeated. And we stand victorious in you today in the name of Jesus. And just for your glory, let all the saints agree together. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Let's get ready to worship the Lord our King. The splendor of a King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice it trembles at his voice how great is our god sing with me how great is our god and all will sing how great how great is our God age to age he stands and time is in his hands beginning and the end beginning and the end the Godhead three in one Father, Spirit, and Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is 
is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Sing with me right where you are. Come on. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Come on. Name above all names. Worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. He is the name above all names. And he is worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. He's the name above all names. Worthy of all our praise. Yes, he is. Mighty are the works of your hands. Come on, sing. Mighty, mighty. Mighty, mighty. Yours is the name above all names. Hallelujah. You're worthy of all our praise. We sing mighty are the works of your hands. Yes, God. Mighty, mighty. Sing mighty, mighty. You're the name above all names. You're worthy of all our praise. So mighty are the works of your hands. Sing mighty, mighty. Come on, one more. Mighty, mighty. You're the name above all names. Hallelujah. You're worthy of all our praise. Mighty are the works of your hands. Mighty, mighty. Mighty, mighty. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Our God is great. And he is greatly to be praised. Let me just mention a couple of things before we get into today's lesson. Uh, Mount Calvary Nation and friends, certainly we celebrate today with 
uh, Sister Brenda and her husband Johnny Faison. They are celebrating 43 years of marriage, 43, their 43rd anniversary. Certainly we congratulate them. We also want to congratulate Sister Marlita Sampson, who works uh, in the county system. Um, I know she used to be a probation officer. Forgive me if I'm getting that wrong, uh, but she's something special. <laughs> and apparently the whole county knows it because she's employee of not the day, not the week, not the month, but the year. Congratulations, Sister Sampson. Job well done. Way to represent the kingdom. Deacon Tony Johnson was featured. He's an employee. He is a salesman at Infinity of Dayton. And they recognized him this week in their uh, employee spotlight. We're proud of Deacon Johnson. Also another one of our members, Ms. Marquetta Colbert, uh, who has uh, her own practice. She is a nurse practitioner uh, with her own practice there in the city of Trotwood. I found out this week she is opening up her second location, her second practice uh, right on Turner Road. Certainly we celebrate with the Colberts as well. We also want to keep the Colberts in our prayers. I got a text from Brother Michael Colbert. His, uh, his father passed this week in Xenia. Would you keep that family in your prayers as we find out more information? We'll try to get it out to you. Also, we want to keep uh, Sister Carla McIntosh and uh, Deacon James McIntosh and their family. We want to keep them in our prayers. Brother Lemanuel McIntosh went home to be with the Lord this week, and, uh, and we certainly want to pray for them. As we get more information, we will keep you posted. Also, Ms. Rosa Mundy, uh, I told you last week that she passed. Uh, there, is, there will be a public viewing this Tuesday at the House of Wheat Funeral Home. I believe that begins at 10 o'clock. The, the service is private, but there will be a public viewing for two hours leading up to the service. Certainly we want to keep everyone in the family and everyone around, period. Uh, all of us at this point have been affected somehow by this virus while life continues to go on. And, uh, and certainly we want to keep the family, we want to keep the, the nation in our prayers. Acts chapter 8, that's where we're going. Acts chapter 8, we're going to begin reading at verse 26. Acts chapter 8 at verse 26, reading from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures. And here is how it reads. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. 
This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And verse 35, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Verses 26 through 35 of Acts chapter 8 from the New International Version of Scripture. This week, we continue our walk through the book of Acts as we are studying the early church and what it means to be the church. We have indeed spent the last 11 months talking about, studying about what it means to be the church. Just about every week, I remind us of what Jesus said in response to Simon Peter when he said, Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so we are striving, we are rediscovering, we are learning to be the church that Jesus Christ built. And since, the, since Pentecost Sunday, we have been slow walking through the book of Acts. We have seen the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. We have seen miracles, signs, and wonders performed by the apostles. We have seen the call of seven men of honest report who were full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom to make sure that nobody in this growing congregation of people was getting overlooked. We have seen the persecution that caused the gospel to spread outside of Jerusalem. And most recently, we have seen what happened when one of those deacons, one of the original seven men chosen from the congregation and confirmed by the church leadership, when he went down to Samaria to preach the gospel, you remember what happened. When he got there, he found that the people had been bewitched by a sorcerer named Simon. Long story short, they thought Simon had some power until the real power showed up. And when they saw the power of God manifested through his servant, Philip, they believed the gospel. Even Simon himself believed. And when we left off a couple of weeks ago, Peter and John had come, town, had come down to Samaria because the people of Samaria had believed and were baptized, but they had not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost. And so Peter and John came and laid hands on them to receive the Holy Ghost. And after they set Simon the ex-sorcerer straight because he thought that he could buy that kind of power, the Bible says they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. You all remember that. And today's passage continues with a look at Deacon Philip. Deacon Philip, this trustworthy, faithful servant, this deacon who can teach us a great deal about what it means not only to go to church, but to be the church. Philip, who offers lessons 
not about having church, but about living church. Philip, here representing the church of Jesus Christ, offers us some lessons on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. And that's really what I want to share in today's message entitled, The Church on the Road. The Church on the Road. Let me just point out three lessons that we see from the road ministry of Deacon Philip. Three lessons for the modern day church as we look at the church on the road from Jerusalem to, Jerusalem to Gaza. First of all, and I don't think I'll be long, first of all, Philip was led by the Spirit. Philip was led by the Spirit. Now, this may seem unnecessary to point out. It may be considered small or trite, but I want to offer that the Spirit leading Philip doesn't necessarily look like what many try to pass off as spirit leading today. But Deacon Philip was actually led by the Spirit of God. I'm in the text. First of all, an angel of the Lord comes to Philip in verse 26 of the passage and says to Philip, go south to the road, to the desert road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. And verse 27 says, so he started out. The angel of the Lord spoke to him in verse 26, and Philip went in verse 27. The Lord's messenger said, go, in verse 26. And Philip started out in verse 27. Listen to me. There is no record of a line of questioning from Philip. There is no scripture that says that the angel gave him details. There is nothing that tells us that he knew where he was going, why he was going, how long he was going to be gone. He didn't know how he was going to support himself in going. The record is that the angel said, go, and Philip went. And then to top it off, the angel says, go the desert route. Bible scholars tell us that there were two roads from Jerusalem to Gaza, but the angel told Philip, you take the desert route, take the one that's less traveled, take the deserted road, take the one route that other people don't. Now there is something I want to note here as Philip obeys the messenger of the Lord. After all the success that he has seen in Samaria, after the signs and miracles that the Lord has worked through him, after all the new converts who heard the gospel through him, after all the deliverance that has taken place through him, after all the healings that have taken place through him, after Simon the sorcerer himself got saved, after, after the Lord used Philip mightily in that place, listen to me, the Lord does not tell Deacon Philip to set up Deacon Philip ministries there in that place. As a matter of fact, the Lord doesn't even promote him to a bigger place with more people and more money and more notoriety and more stuff. The Lord says, you're finished here, now go to a deserted place. I just believe that if this were taking place in 2020, most of us would expect 
that after ministerial success in one place, that the Lord would lead us on to bigger and supposedly better things. And we would call that being led by the Spirit. But I've got news for you. God's promotion does not always look like promotion. Sometimes, even after you've ministered well, sometimes, after you've seen success in one place, sometimes, when you've been on the ministry mountaintop, sometimes, the Lord says, now go to the desert. Being led by the Spirit doesn't always mean more. I know we came through the 80s and 90s where we thought that being led by the Spirit meant that you were always going to more. But sometimes being led by the Spirit doesn't mean more people, more money, more fame. Ask Moses. Sometimes being led of the Spirit will put you on the backside of the desert somewhere. Ask Jacob. Sometimes being led of the Spirit will have you sleeping outside with a stone for your pillow. But Jacob said, surely the Lord is in this place. Ask Jesus, as a matter of fact, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But the Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit. Nevertheless, Philip is led by the Spirit of God. And on his way, he meets an important official in charge of the queen of Ethiopia's money. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he's on his way home going back to Ethiopia and he is sitting in his chariot reading from the prophet Isaiah. Now let me just add a side note here. This is why I don't buy that foolishness about Christianity being the white man's religion that was forced on us after we got to American soil. You can miss me with that erroneous teaching. This man, this African man from Ethiopia, a servant of Candace, an African queen, not just any servant, but she was in charge of, or he was in charge of her money. This African man is about to get saved and head back to Ethiopia with the gospel. Don't tell me that Europeans brought Jesus to the African continent. But I digress. This African man is sitting in his chauffeur-driven chariot, reading from the book of Isaiah. And the Spirit told Philip, go join yourself to that chariot. Go up to it and stay with it. And verse 30 says, Philip ran up to it. Once again, the Spirit speaks and Philip follows. There is no record of Philip questioning, what am I supposed to do when I get there? There is no record of Philip questioning, what am I supposed to say? The Scripture says, the Spirit told him, go, and he went. Philip is led by the Spirit. And saints of God, we would do well to learn how to be led by the Spirit. I'm afraid that there are too many people in the church who are led by the flesh, led by their own intellect, led by their own opinion, led by their own preferences. God have mercy, led 
by their own voice. But saints, the church of the living God ought to be full of spirit-led people. And you cannot be led by both the spirit and the flesh at the same time. You can tell when the flesh is leading. Because when the flesh is leading, you'll find adultery and fornication and sexual immorality. When the flesh is leading, you'll find idolatry and witchcraft. When the flesh is leading, there will always be quarreling and hostility and jealousy. When the flesh is leading, you'll find anger and division and selfish ambition. I'm not making this up. That's the list from Galatians chapter 5. Then over in Romans chapter 8, Paul says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God it does not submit to God's law nor can it do so those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God he goes on to say, those who are led of the Spirit are the children of God. We must be, as Philip was, led by the Spirit. And listen to me, please. When the Spirit is leading, the Spirit produces love. The Spirit produces joy and peace, patience and kindness. The Spirit produces goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Church, we must be led by the Spirit. But there is another lesson that Deacon Philip is trying to teach us. Not only is Philip led by the Spirit, but secondly, number two, Philip is learned in the scriptures. He's learned in the scriptures. I'm in the text. When Philip ran up to this African official, he heard him reading out loud from Isaiah 53. You know Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. You know Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did, a stricken, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. You know Isaiah 53. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we were healed you know Isaiah 53 but by the time Philip catches up to him he catches up to him just in time enough to hear him reading he was oppressed he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth he is brought like a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before her shearers is dumb so he opened not his mouth and Philip said to him do you understand what you're reading and the Ethiopian man said how can I understand it unless someone explains it to me and he invited Philip to hop up into the chariot to sit down and start teaching him and he started with that scripture the Bible says he started with that scripture he started illuminating 
what the man was reading. He started breaking down what Isaiah was talking about. He started explaining the scriptures. We don't really know what Philip's background is, but we know that he knew enough that when this Ethiopian eunuch was reading Isaiah, he could explain the scriptures. I don't mean any harm today, but brothers and sisters, we as the church of the living God must be learned in the scriptures. We cannot be ignorant, church. Gone is the day when only the preacher and the Sunday school teachers are the only ones who study the word. Gone are the days when we can rely on somebody else to study the word and then just feed it to us blindly. First of all, we have to study for ourselves because as time goes on, the closer we get to the return of Jesus Christ, the more erroneous teaching and false doctrine will appear. There are people who are taking scripture and turning it around and making it say what they want to say for their own benefit, and we need to know the difference. There are even well-meaning people who take scriptures out of context, who add to scripture, who teach it to suit their own traditions and their own preferences. And we need to know the difference. And then, when the Spirit puts someone in our path that he's already started working on and they're reading something they don't understand, we need to be able in the power of the Holy Spirit to explain to them so that they can come to their own understanding. Saints, I don't know why Christianity seems to be the only religion where we don't, know how, where we don't have to know our stuff. Everybody else studies their holy book. We're the only ones who will settle for what somebody else tells us about our holy book. We're the only ones whose holy book is alive. We're the only ones whose holy book is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We're the only ones whose holy book will make us free. We're the only ones whose holy book will sanctify and cleanse us. Saints, it behooves us to be always learning the scriptures, not just as an academic exercise, but for everyday living. When we are learned in the scriptures, we will live better. The psalmist said it like this in Psalm 119, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When we are learned in the scriptures, we can resist the devil when he comes to us like he did in Luke chapter 4 to tempt Jesus. Uh, every time he brought something to Jesus, Jesus answered him with, It is written. Jesus defended himself with the word. When we are learned in the scripture, we give the Holy Ghost something to work with in our lives. Remember, Jesus said, The Holy Ghost will bring to your remembrance everything that I've said to you. That's why when the Holy Ghost tells Philip to go up to the chariot and Philip hears the man reading, the Holy Ghost can work because Philip gives him something to work with. So the Bible says he started where the man was reading there in Isaiah, but he works his way around to telling that Ethiopian official the good news about Jesus. And that's really the final lesson, and I'll let you go. That's the final lesson for us from Deacon Philip. First of all, Philip is led by the Spirit. Second of all, Philip is learned in the Scripture. But then finally, he leads to the Savior.
Do you see it in the text? He starts where the Ethiopian eunuch is. But the Ethiopian man doesn't know who Isaiah is talking about. He asked Philip, the pro he asked Philip is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? I can imagine Philip saying in his Sam Winston voice, I'm so glad you asked me. He starts with Isaiah, but he ends up at Jesus. He starts with the prophet, but he ends up at the prophet, priest, and king. He starts with the word, but he ends up at the word made flesh. He starts with the scripture, and he leads that African official right to the Savior. He tells him the good news about Jesus. I know y'all get tired of me saying it, but Philip doesn't preach himself. Philip preaches Jesus. He doesn't share his tradition. He shares the good news. He doesn't share his preference. He shares Jesus. His interaction leads the man to the Savior. And I've got news for us this morning, saints. It is still our responsibility. It is still our mission. It is still our assignment. It is still our duty to lead people to our Savior. Let me close this dark world needs the light of the world. This hungry world needs the bread of life. This fallen world needs the chief cornerstone. This bound world needs the deliverer. This lost world needs the good shepherd and I've got news for you we've got him we've got a savior we have a savior who will pick you up and turn you around we've got a savior who will deliver from drug and alcohol addiction we've got a savior who will fix your mind we've got a savior who healed broken hearts who restore broken relationships and mend broken lives we've got a savior whose name makes demons tremble whose name makes lame folks walk whose name makes blind folks see whose name is above every name we've got a savior who was hung up for our hang-ups we've got a savior who lived a sinless life who died a sinner's death we've got a savior who early on the third day morning got up from the grave with all power in his hands that's what separates him from all the pretenders that's what makes him different from everybody else he was crucified he died he was buried 
But on the third day, he got up from the grave and he lives. You see, Muhammad lived. Muhammad died. Muhammad was buried. And if you check today in the Middle East under the green dome, his body's still there. Confucius lived. Confucius died. Confucius was buried. But if you check today in Khufu, in China, his body's still there. Siddhartha Gautama lived, died, and was cremated. And if you check in India, his remains are still there. Joseph Smith lived and died and was buried in Illinois. And if you check it, his body's still there. Jim Jones lived and died and was cremated and his ashes are still in the ocean. David Koresh lived and died and is buried in Tyler, Texas. But God sent his son. They call him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. But an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, hallelujah, he holds the future. Yes, Lord. And life is worth the living just because just because he lives hallelujah we serve a risen savior and our world needs our risen savior we must be led by the spirit God have mercy on his church Because there are too many of us who are being led by the flesh, led by our intellect, led by our emotions, and God help us, led by our own voice. Let me just say this, God's voice does not sound like yours. We got to be led by the Spirit got to be learned in the scriptures saints everybody else knows their stuff even the atheists know why they're atheists we Christians we saints the church of the living God must be ready to give an answer for what we believe and that answer comes from scripture we got to be learned in the scripture but then whatever else we do we must lead people to the Savior. Don't lead them to your pastor. Your pastor is flawed. Don't lead, don't lead them to Mount Calvary. Mount Calvary is flawed. Oh, but we serve a Savior who is just right to meet whatever the need is. God help us 
to be the church he's looking for. That church without spot or wrinkle. If you believe it, if you agree with it, say amen right where you are. So let it be. So let it be. In shady green pastures, so rich and so free, God leads his dear children along where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet. God leads his dear children along. Some through the water and some, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrows, but God, he gives a song in the night season, and all, all day long, some through the water and some some have to come through the flood oh some some have to go through the fire but all through the blood yes sir some through great sorrows but God won't he give you won't he give you a song in the night season and all all day long I know we're gonna go out just let me say it one more time. Some through the water and God leads some. Some come through the flood. Some have to go through the fire. But all go through the blood. Some through great sorrows, but God, won't he give you, won't he give you a song in, in the night season, uh, he'll give it to you in the night season. Right where you are, he'll give you a song in the night season. 
Oh, in, in the night, in the night season. Ah, hallelujah. And all, all day long. Hallelujah. You got to determine in yourself where he leads. I don't know if you know this or not. When I was a boy, they used to sing it. The deacons would, would get up and sing it. Where he leads me, I will follow. Y'all remember that? Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Oh, I'll go with him, with him. All, all the way. Let me come on out of that. I'll be there all day. Listen, if you are under the sound of my voice and you are not sure of your salvation, I have good news for you. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus the Christ. That whosoever believes in him, whoever, should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's good news. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. That is good news. And here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. That, brothers and sisters, is good news. Listen, that Ethiopian eunuch, he heard the good news about Jesus Christ. And on down in the scripture, the verses we didn't read, says they continued on the way. And he saw some water. <laughs> and he said, what's to stop me from getting baptized right now? And Philip said, if you really believe in your heart, nothing. He said, yeah, I really believe. And so Philip and the Ethiopian went into the water. And Philip baptized him. And the Ethiopian rejoiced. The Bible says the spirit caught Philip up and took him on somewhere. He just disappeared. Took him on to Azotus while the Ethiopian went home rejoicing. You want to accept Jesus today? You ready to, to admit that he's the Lord, that he is Lord, that he's running stuff, that he's in charge? You ready to make that confession? You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Bible says you shall be saved. Send us a note. Send us a message. Put it in the comments. Something. 
Call the church, 937-268-6736. Do something to let us know that you are accepting the Lord Jesus, that you are saved. We'll take you. We'll baptize you. We're going to have a baptism coming up here shortly. We'll stay safe while we're doing it, but we're going to baptize here very shortly. And you'll be saved on your way to heaven, on your way to live with Jesus forever. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior. Listen, saints, don't forget about the families that I mentioned who are bereaved. Don't forget to lift them in your prayers. Uh, if you see any of the other family uh, who, who are celebrating milestones that I told you about, you see them on Facebook or you see them in the grocery store, make sure you congratulate them and tell them how proud you are of them as part of the Mount Calvary Nation. If the Lord says the same, I'll see you back next week. Look for a couple of one calls from me this week. I've got some news to share with you. I won't do it now. Uh, pick up your phone when it says Mount Calvary Church calling. Pick up your phone. I've got a couple messages I'm going to send out to you this week. I believe that's it for this time. Thank you so much for joining us. God be with you until I see you again. Don't forget that you can give. I almost forgot. You don't forget that you can give. Uh, you can continue to give your tithe and your offerings as we take this message of hope, as we take the gospel of Jesus Christ out to the world. You can give by GiveLify or text to give 937-543-5169 or by cash app. It's dollar sign M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. Uh, or if you don't feel comfortable with any of those, the deacons will be here for about the next hour or so in the parking lot. You can drive through and don't even get out of your car. Just put it in the deacons' glove-covered hands. They will be glad to serve you. If that's, I think that's really it this time. God bless you. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling, and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together. Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you.